0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from 1000s of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg. And today, I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior, serious and senior and accomplished professional from the world of finance and fintech from Singapore, Mr. Steve Davies. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Steve is the Chief Executive Officer and founder of Javelin Wealth Management. He's a commentator on CNBC, CNA and Bloomberg TV. And his other interests include rowing, boating, scuba diving, water skiing, skiing, hiking, travel, and investing in established and startup businesses. And he was just telling me that he's finished a 950 kilometer walk across Spain, just a few weeks before our conversation. So Steve... uh, Let me start by asking you that as a wealth manager, and I've often asked this from many wealth managers who have met me, is that to me, wealth is a combination of cash, real estate, art and jewelry. But most wealth managers only focus on cash. Why is this the case?
1: I think that uh, the traditional role, you're quite right Josh, is um, private banks have, have generally tended to focus on portfolios. And the traditional portfolio includes a mix of different liquid asset classes. Mm. Those are the assets that they're most comfortable in advising on. Mm. Um, but it is indeed the case that people invest in a much broader uh, variety of things. Correct. But in each case, they tend to focus on getting specialist advice in each of those segments. So you don't go to your private banker for advice on Uh, building up an art collection, or you certainly shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Similarly, you wouldn't go to your wine expert um, for advice on managing a portfolio. So Mm -hmm. increasingly, those things are uh, put in different silos by clients and and clients like to go to best advice for each relevant asset.
0: Mm -hmm. I understand. And now coming to Javelin wealth management, what is your philosophy when it comes to managing wealth?
1: The, the core philosophy is keeping it simple. So mm-hmm. I started this company up 20 years ago, mm-hmm. exactly, um, largely because as an investor myself, I found it impossible to get the type and quality of advice that I was looking for at the transparency of fee that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I always like to know the terms under which I was investing. And if you can't work out how much you're being charged, mm-hmm. or how the portfolio is being managed, or how your advisor is being remunerated, Uh, that's a bad position to be in. Hmm. So keeping it simple is very much the case. Um, Far too much um, complexity is built into investment products as a means of effectively Mm -hmm. hiding extra costs. Hmm. And in reality, most investors, uh, you and me, um, who are not dyed in the wool, financial engineers, mm-hmm. we're not trading portfolios on a day to day or hour by hour basis. Mm. So keeping a simple mix, more traditional, perhaps, with a mixture of different assets, uh, ultimately, is going to be making you better amounts of money and allowing you to sleep better at night.
0: Mm. Fascinating. And based on all the experience you have uh, in working with so many people's wealth, What in your view are some of the common mistakes a lot of people make when managing wealth?
1: Common mistakes, I think, are um, having unrealistic expectations of Mm -hmm. uh, risk and return. Um, A common phenomena whenever we're starting off work um, with a new client um, is that when we ask them to rate their uh, risk appetite and mm-hmm. their expectation of reward, they say their risk appetite is low, but their expectation of reward is high. Mm-hmm. Obviously, common sense dictates that you can't have Correct. high reward without taking on some risk. But ultimately, that's what people are conditioned to try and achieve. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a realistic realistic expectation of what you are prepared to risk, and what you think is a reasonable return mm-hmm. to take on board in uh, for that.
0: Hmm, Interesting. And what is the process you follow uh, while you create a personalized uh, wealth management strategy? Because the risk appetite changes as we get older.
1: Indeed, it does. So the important thing is to start off by uh, working and sitting down with the client to understand what their expectations are, what their goals are, what what do they want to do with that money ultimately? And what is their time frame? Mm -hmm. So it's at that point that we get a good idea of what the appropriate mix of assets Mm -hmm. should be in order to generate and help fulfill those longer term expectations. Mm -hmm. Then as time goes on, obviously, you will need quite rightly, as you say, to amend some of those objectives, because people get older and their risk appetite uh, may be getting a bit more conservative. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, their portfolios should be bigger, because they will have, have had compounded returns and over the years, they will have saved more money into that portfolio. So you've hmm. got to balance those out, hmm. reweight and readjust on a regular basis and make sure that your assumptions still hold
0: hmm. true. Hmm. Well said. And uh, there is another big aspect of wealth management, especially when one tries to uh, manage across different uh, tax borders. How do you incorporate the whole element of tax planning
1: by living in Singapore
0: <laughs> I don't so, say that but <laughs> so
1: the advantage is that here in Singapore we don't have capital gains tax we don't have tax on yeah. interest income and dividends yeah so it's a very favorable environment within which to base a wealth management business mm-hmm. and from which to advise people mm-hmm. nonetheless it's certainly true that we do advise clients who have assets in lots of different jurisdictions and in those jurisdictions, tax planning becomes critical. Mm. So for example, if you have assets in the United States, you may not be aware that some of those assets, let's say you hold hold 100 shares in Apple, Mm-hmm. Were you to die tomorrow, those 100 shares in Apple would be subject to US estate taxes, even if you're not American, and you don't live in the United States. Mm-hmm. So our job as a wealth manager is to point out those risks and to make sure that either those risks are accepted, mm-hmm. or the portfolio is adjusted to make sure mm-hmm. that they're eliminated.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. And that's a very important point, because I know I know several people who've been hit by this kind of a lack of understanding and had to pay out huge sums of money. Um, The the other question that I've often debated with wealth managers is, and you spoke a little bit about client expectations. But, you know, markets are generally uh, volatile, and markets are generally unpredictable. How do you manage client expectations, when you know, there is going to be volatility?
1: Again, I think it's the way in which you manage a portfolio. So we don't trade very much. Mm -hmm. On an annual basis, perhaps we turn over the portfolio, maybe around about 30%. uh, And that in and of itself is at the higher end of what we do. Mm -hmm. But lots of other managers will turn over portfolios two, three or even more times. Mm -hmm. Number two, we don't have any leverage or borrowing against our portfolio. So we're eliminating risk from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But thirdly, again, it comes down to making sure that the client has a good understanding of what the portfolio is for. Mm-hmm. If a client's looking for short term gains, um, they like active trading, then my immediate advice is don't talk to us, go and talk to somebody else because we don't do that. Our job is to make sure that we're taking reasonable risk. For your portfolio to generate a reasonable return over a three to five year rolling period. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the returns or the losses that you might generate this month, next month, this year, next year. Mm-hmm. It's about what the total return is over that longer term five year period. Mm-hmm. And then we manage that portfolio um, accordingly. Mm-hmm. The key thing is to have people understand that in five years, you're undoubtedly going to get at least one year in which you're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. You might get one year in which you make modest returns, but it's the remaining three years that will generate the annualized return over the five year period that gets mm-hmm. you where you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. The next question is on technology. And I know that most businesses around the world have been impacted by technology. I'd love to get your perspective on how has technology impacted managing wealth?
1: Significantly so. Um, the good news is that technology has made the costs of investment uh, a lot lower than it used to be. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when I, when I um, started the business up 20 years ago, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the index fund or ETF space was very much in its infancy. Mm-hmm. It is now a huge proportion of the managed funds or the of the of, of the fund management industry. Mm-hmm. And the consequence of that is that the cost to investors of investing, let's say, in the US stock market mm-hmm. has dropped from probably an average of around about one 1.2% to now about 0. 0.06. So you can get access to great spread of US companies at a fraction of the cost. Uh, that you would have been able to get 20 years ago. Mm. What does that mean? It means that you're spending less money on fees. Mm-hmm. And fees act as a core drag which has a direct bearing on performance. Mm. So performance improves because costs go down. Mm. So that's number 1. That's that's the effect of techn- technology in giving investors new products with which to invest. From a wealth management perspective, uh, technology enables us to do more with less. Mm -hmm. So um, 20 years ago, I had a team of 12, 13 people, now I have a team of eight, and we're running multiples more money than we used to, because technology has made the difference, we can run our portfolios more efficiently, and at a lower cost than we used to. And uh, we get better performance as a consequence.
0: Mm. And I'd love to also get your perspective on cryptocurrency and blockchain uh, for managing wealth.
1: Um, I'm 60 years old, Uh, I always like to invest in things that I understand and know where the risks are. So blockchain, which I think has got tremendous potential, Mm. is not an area of the market in which we have, in my view, adequate oversight in terms of where the risks and where the main players are. So Mm. we say to clients, if you want to invest in that area of the market, that's great. And certainly, uh, it, it has a huge amount of potential. But you should use a different pot of money for that, because it's not the style of money that we look after, which is inherently a bit more conservative.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about crypto? I mean, a lot of people are putting serious amount of wealth into crypto into, you know, the various products available, starting with Bitcoin. And I know some people have made huge money, some people have lost huge money. What are your perspectives?
1: It's a it's a nascent market. Yes, I agree that cryptocurrencies, again, like blockchain, which is the underpinning technology, have very, very good potential. Um, But we can see as was the case with the collapse of FTX uh, earlier on this year, Mm -hmm. there are still huge uncertainties. And again, it's one of those things that it's good to have a little bit of an exposure to but operate that as more of a watching brief than anything else. Mm -hmm. You'll recall that private equity was paying Vast premiums for crypto players um, in 2020, 2021. Mm -hmm. And I would struggle to suggest that many of those people are making money on those investments now. Correct.
0: Correct. Agree with you. My next question is uh, the importance of estate planning. You know, you did speak about estate tax in the US, but uh, from a wealth management perspective, how important is estate planning management? for clients?
1: It's absolutely critical. Um, it may or may not surprise you that uh, whenever we sit down with clients, one of the questions that we ask is, as we get to know people is, um, have you actually written a will? Mm-hmm. And a disconcertingly large proportion of people say they have not. Correct. Right. Uh, either because too busy um, uh, or I don't feel I've got enough money to, to warrant having one or I don't want to confront the issues of the fact that I'm going to die at some point. It may be a combination of those things or indeed something different. But if you think about it this way, writing a will means that you are making life easier for your family by telling your family and your beneficiaries how you want your assets to be divided on your death it's not fair to leave that decision to somebody else, because that somebody else, if you haven't um, written a will, ends up being the government. Do you want the government to be the one who decides how much money your children and other beneficiaries, your wife, um, other uh, charitable institutions, uh, do you want the government to be the one that's making that decision? I'm almost guaranteed... To expect that your answer to that, no, of course not. Well, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing if you don't have a will. And a will is the core document behind any estate planning strategy. Mm-hmm. So, number one, we sort that out and the rest will naturally follow.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. And I agree. I mean, I no, I don't think I, anyone can underscore the importance of a will. You know, I think it's incredible how and how you've explained it really well. So, Steve Lone, I want to talk to Uh, you about what you're passionate about. And we were talking about this. And you said that it's, you're you're now focusing a lot on what's it all for. And I think that's a question that is often being raised and discussed by people. You said you're 60, I'm 66. People are now beginning to say that, well, our runway is getting shorter and shorter. And I've earned all this money. A lot of it will go to children. But what am I doing it all for? I've also heard people say that one more zero added to my net worth is not going to change my lifestyle. I'd love to get your perspective on what are your thoughts on what's it all for? And how are you advising clients?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very critical point. And um, yeah, you mentioned my walk across Spain a little bit earlier on. Well, I, I walked along the Camino de Santiago, which is an ancient pilgrimage route in Spain for 950 kilometers, about uh, uh, three or four weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, a wonderful experience, and one that allowed me time for reflection, time to think about family, friends, business and, and other things. But most particularly, it was time off, i had been running and building my business for 20 years. And I felt that it was a good moment to take some time off to have a think about things for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a process. I, this whole what's it all for was triggered by a conversation that I had with a friend and client who said he was sitting down with his son, mm-hmm. who's was in his mid 20s, explaining to him about where their investments were. And the son said, Dad, you work so hard. Um, you've got a lot of money in these portfolios. What are you going to do with it all? Mm-hmm. And um, how much do you need? So as you say, that extra zero, if it's not going to make a huge amount of difference, then at that particular point, you've got the luxury of being able to take a step back and have a, make a decision and talk to yourself and your family about what you ultimately want to do with it. Mm. As Mark Twain once said, you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. And uh, I think that's uh, a duty that we have to ourselves and our families to make sure that's not
0: the mm. case. Mm. I agree. But from, from a very philosophical perspective, while I agree that we all go away, how does one answer this question? Uh, because most children, if I can use that term, young adults, generally tell their parents, go and spend all the money that you've earned, um, because we are earning ourselves. And yet, people of my generation continue to want to say, "Oh, we want to leave something behind. What are your thoughts on uh, what should uh, an ideal situation be? Ideal may not be the right word, but what should uh, someone, you know, what are some of the perspectives that you would want to share uh, with people?
1: I think uh, have that conversation, have that conversation with your family Mm -hmm. to uh, get an idea of what expectations are, uh, what needs are. um, And uh, once you have that conversation, then you're going to be able to start answering that core question. Let's face it, you and I started our careers in the 70s and 80s. Correct. Um, we were able to buy properties cheaply. Um, we were able to have good careers, which in many respects, you stayed at doing either that or something very similar for your entire working life. Mm-hmm. Things are a bit more uncertain now. Uh things are a lot more expensive, the cost of buying that first property, for example, Mm. for younger people these days is beyond the means uh, that they might have from their salary and their ability to borrow against it, even if you wanted to. So um, perhaps as older people, we have a duty to make sure that those things are properly taken care of. Mm. Once you've taken care of that, you've written your will, Uh, then you can decide if there's anything left over, what else you might want to do with it. Um, You can also set up trusts. So trusts or legacies for grandchildren, future grandchildren, um, charitable endeavours, all of those things can be built into part of that. What's it all for discussion. And the more buy-in you get from your family members, uh, the better everybody's going to feel about it because they've been involved in the discussion and it will have been a collective decision mm. as much as anything else.
0: Wonderful, thank you, great response. So time for two more questions for you. My next question is that how can individuals ensure that the wealth is being managed in a way that aligns with their long-term goals and values?
1: Ask questions.
0: Um, that's absolutely critical.
1: Far too often, I think that people make the assumption that because their money is being managed by a big brand name, mm-hmm. um, that it must be being looked after properly and that it must be helping me to achieve my objectives. Right. Um, I may not surprise you by saying that very often the objectives of that very large organization versus your objectives could be quite different things. Mm. Um, they're obviously going to be looking to make a profit that in and of itself is not a bad thing. But at the same time, they must make sure that they're doing their best for customers. And we've unfortunately seen far too many occasions on which that latter has not happened. Mm. The profit motive exceeds the best interests of the client. So it Mm. is your job as the client to make sure you're always questioning and asking why am I invested in this? And what's it doing in my portfolio? And why is my portfolio structured the way that it is? Mm. And if you don't get a straight answer, then at that particular point, you should start thinking about who would be better placed to help you achieve the objectives with the transparency that you're looking for.
0: Mm. Thank you. And my last question to you, and this is for the 1000s of young people who will be listening to our conversation based on all your amazing experience as such an accomplished wealth manager, what would you say are three lessons you would want our young viewers and listeners to take away as they start planning their wealth management strategies?
1: So uh, this one, everybody will always start with the first thing, which is A, start early. Mm -hmm. The earlier that you start, the better it is because then you benefit, benefit from compounded returns and compounded growth rates. So that's number one. Uh, Don't leave it until you're 50. Mm. Start earlier when you've got a bit of spare cash, just put it to one side. It means that you can cope with higher levels of risk, higher level of volatility over time, it's going to pay off. Mm. Number two, don't get distracted by the noise. Mm. Um, This may not be great news for you or me, Ashutosh, but uh, turn off the TV. Yeah. Uh, don't bother listening to people on Bloomberg or CNBC or anything else when times are getting volatile, because sound bites do not make you money. Mm-hmm. Have a look at your portfolio. Think about what has changed. If something has changed from when you invested your money originally, then mm-hmm. maybe change it. Otherwise, stick with it. It will undoubtedly still help you to achieve those mm-hmm. uh, those longer term objectives. Mm-hmm. And number three, um, always keep a little bit of money in reserve, Um, Mm -hmm. try and avoid excess uh, levels of leverage. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people are very good at managing uh, leverage, others are not, but it does mean you lose more sleep when things Mm -hmm. get volatile. So Mm -hmm. separate your money into little pockets, some are higher risk, some are low risk, but the bulk is in the middle, and that's where you're most
0: comfortable. Mm -hmm. Well said, and these are all three great points. And on that note, Steve and your three wonderful lessons start early. Second, you said don't get distracted by the noise and third you said was always keep money in reserve. Thank you so much for speaking to me about so many different aspects of Javelin wealth management. Uh, Thank you also for speaking to me about this very, very critical question of what's it all all for you? I think this is a question that as, as I get older, a lot of friends ask me and I'm so glad that you are actually taking it up as almost like a professional uh, input to a lot of people. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world.